When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen, joined by Joyce Singh. Joyce, we're here to continue on with the Oscars 2024. Can't wait. Wow, what an opening. I just like, we've been talking about like what we got to do. We're going to do our DGA and uh, ADG picks later. Emails, of course. And then just going through uh, the news roundup. Not a lot this week, but uh, London Film Critics weighed in. David Ehrlich tweeted that he thinks Zone of Interest is going to win Best Picture. Do you have a new bet going with him? I didn't even text him about it because I was just like, that's just too embarrassing. But I did make fun of him to other people uh, if he's watching. Um, I feel like you you can make another quick 20 if you bet on him. I could put that in my Venmo slush fund. Yeah. Yeah. Joyce, we were talking about this before we start recording. London film critics, uh, mm-hmm. big fans of Zone of Interest and all of us strangers. Not so much Barbie and Oppenheimer. No. Um, and also Anatomy of a Fall. So they love uh, Sandra Hewitt's movies, but not her. Correct. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Um, I don't know if it makes sense, but I think uh, a lot of people who wanted uh Sandra you know or or like stumping for Sandra for the Oscar and BAFTA they you know this wasn't great for her to lose actress of the year to Emma Emma. Stone so we've talked about this uh I think in our column and then with our faces as well uh it just I I feel like Emma is just like lining up it's just all lining up uh to win and I think even if she loses at SAG I don't believe she'll lose a BAFTA. And even if she lost a BAFTA, I still think she could win Best Actress, I guess, would be the long long and short of it. Well, her winning this London uh, bodes well for her winning BAFTA, even though they're completely different groups, obviously. But it's still like, you know, British sensibility or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Yeah, European flair. There's a European flair to this. And then it's like the fact that, you know, Sandra is a, a Euro star too, and they clearly love two of her movies. Um, and she still awesome. didn't win. So not, so not great Bob.gif if you're pulling for the Sandra upset. Yeah, but, you know, great for Emma Stone. And yeah, she she can definitely just clean up the rest of the way. So... Four things I felt like I feel like is having a great moment. Tell me if you agree. It won uh, 
Robbie Ryan won uh, BSC. Uh, BSC, which to me is Babysitter's Club, but it's the British Society of Cinematographers. Uh, it could also be the college football championship, right? It's true, but you know, it's always BSC to me first because that's when I was reading when I was a child. So Babysitter's Club, then which? The cinematographers or the football players? No, cinematographers is last. It has to be last. I learned of that last <laughs> in my life. It certainly has to be last. Um, but yeah, Robbie Ryan wins uh, over uh, Hoyte von Hoytema there. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you think this is like, is this a, are we going to look back at this and say this is a potential where uh, Oppenheimer loses best cinematography in an upset to- No, I think that's things. fine. Like like he, he'll, like Hoyta will probably still win ASC. Right. You know, um, but no, I think more like in general, it probably like bodes well for for things not getting blanked at the Oscars, if that's what you were thinking could happen to it. I, I don't think, I actually now think it could win many. I haven't winning two currently. I haven't touched my predictions since like uh, nominations. <laughs> we, we talked about this last week. We did our early predictions. I think I have it now winning three because I split production design and costume design, which mm-hmm. is probably foolish. And then I have a winning makeup and I have a winning Emma Stone. But I'll just say this. I don't, I think Oppenheimer is going to win cinematography too. And, but here's the last few winners. So All Quiet won here last year. The year before, Power of the Dog won. Dune won the Oscar. And then Mank won the year before. 1917 won the year before. Roma won the year before. Blade Runner won the year before that. And then Nocturnal Animals won over La La Land. So it's possible, I think, that this could be like a thing. But I also feel like maybe this is more like Power of the Dog, Dune, versus Oppenheimer and poor things, even though they're not a great animal, like a great comp, but I think that maybe is what we'll see here. Look, if you're a poor things fan, then uh, you know, it's been a great couple days for you. Pretty good, I would say. Yeah. It's doing well at the box office. It feels like mm-hmm. the backlash happened already and then is now I mean there wasn't really to the backlash. Backlash. Did you see the um the clip that their official account tweeted yesterday. It was like um, a Q&A be- between Emma Stone and Olivia Coleman. I did. I was almost going to, I might write that up later for our website because I thought it was so well, Emma Stone had such a great answer. Yeah. And kudos so like the, to the, the press team for figuring out what to say. Yeah. So if no one saw that and if no one's going to read uh, Chris's upcoming story, no. we can just recap it right now. It's like a 90 second clip. Yeah. But basically um, <laughs> Olivia was, uh, talking about or like she was complimenting Emma on being a producer and like you know she's she's in charge and like you know she's the boss and everything and Emma um, talked about how yeah like she's a producer and it irked her how um, the discourse around the film was that it has a male writer and a male director and it was like about the male gaze and it was just slighting her and infantilizing her when she was a producer on the film like she had no say in like how much nudity would be in the film and like you know and she was like this is the movie the three of us wanted to make you know mm-hmm. so that was the clip that it's a great clip i love that we this is something we've talked about the idea that uh a lot of times it's it's so so progressive and uh that you're infantilizing uh people a woman specifically because yes. last week we were talking about barbie <laughs> yeah same thing that uh, we, we were talking about with Barbie with regard to Marco Robbie producing this movie and people being like, man, I can't believe she let them give uh, Ryan Gosling such a or great like she, role. She let Ryan run roughshod over her with I'm Just Ken when yeah. he had absolutely no say about that song at all. <laughs> uh, 
other little data points here from last week at the Grammys, Joyce, uh, big winner was What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. And also Oppy won soundtrack for Ludwig. Yeah. I was I was like, oh, well, I mean, like, again, I think we both have What Was I Made For winning and like talked about the possibility that something could not win there. But it just feels like that is no sh- like that is a locking in really strongly, I would say. Based on the response to the Yeah, I mean, I've always had it. So, yeah. you know, Billy is going to be a two-time Oscar winner at the age of 22. So Congrats. remember that place in the history of Oscars. Very, very young. <laughs> how many, how many under she'll, 20? She'll also be, well, like, just like uh, in terms of like current chronological age years, you know, like she'll, she'll be the youngest, like for sure, like 22. Come on. Pretty crazy. She was born in 2001. <laughs> hard to hard to speculate further, but I mean, this is a, Billie Eilish could end up with like, there's really no reason she couldn't end up with many, many Oscars in her life based on this. He's just like, um, I like, I don't, I'm not calling her an industry plant, but it's just like the industry, like all industries just love her. Yeah. You know? I think, so. I think that's right. I'm like, she could win like four Oscars. She could be like, like five Oscars. She's twenty like, years she old. Didn't, she didn't need to win for "No Time to Die" again, a song I still haven't heard. Um, but and, and then, yeah. So now she's gonna beat Diane Warren twice. It reminds me of like Tiger Woods, right? In the beginning of his career, it was just like, man, this guy's gonna win like a lot of majors because he's so young and he's so good, and like no one is beating. Him. Or you know, Roger Federer. You, I don't, I, I understood the Tiger reference that I made, not the Roger Federer one. Is yeah. he good? Is he? He's good. Yeah. Out of here. So. Uh, what else did I see this weekend? Scrolling around the internet, making myself mad. Uh, Vulture did its annual Oscar villain piece. Did you see that, Joyce? It was my I did, but I did not read it. I read I'm... it. Uh, it was a lot of what we said previously. It was more. I was more interested in the idea that it's like we had talked about, about how Oppenheimer has actually avoided somehow, yes. deftly avoided becoming an Oscar villain at all based because of movies like Maestro and Barbie and the Barbie discourse. Like it's really, it's a rare, I, I just find it, incredibly rare in this era to have a front runner like Oppenheimer make it through almost unscathed. It's hard to imagine something now that would turn it into a villain at this point. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know what <laughs> that would be. Like it, it's just managed to minimize the target on its back. And like the target has always been there, but I I think there's also just, even like from, like the industry sense is like, I think people, even if it's not their favorite, favorite movie of the year, I think there's a sense is like, this is great for our industry in general. And like, they want to see it rewarded. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's a, a, a prestige adult drama that did gangbusters, you know, and it like, you know, saved theaters and cinema with Barbie, of course. But I, I think they like seeing that kind of success and, you know, like Nolan's been around as well too so it's like even like his quote-unquote narrative or whatever it's like it's it's his time you can say but it's like that also hasn't been you know beaten to death either no it, it's 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 an amazing like tightrope walk they've managed to do i i can't imagine i don't know there's not one recent movie a recent winner i would say that has had this kind of like nuanced uh yeah, Alex. and the thing is, like, it's like they all is like the um like audiences love it too. So it's like this is like right. a perfect like marriage, like a platonic ideal of a film we do want 
to recognize. And the thing is, is like, it's not even like the OPI team has been hidden. Like they've been campaigning, you know, like they've been everywhere. Yeah. I'm trying to think like recent history. Like, so like in terms of like the narrative, I'm like all like everything everywhere, even though it was a complete steamroller did have the, the veneer of an underdog at times because it's it was like a total twenty-four, even though it was like a heavy favorite coda obviously underdog nomadland was like i think that's a, just a weird year obviously because of covid but like that was it wasn't also an underdog because it's such a small movie and like had the, the the twist of being unlike any other movie that maybe has ever won best picture right like that kind of thing parasite was a huge underdog or wasn't really but like had that veneer green book you know it was an that, underdog that became a phenomenon right green book sure just seemed like I don't know. Shape of Water, maybe? Is that like, because I feel like Oppenheimer is much better than Shape of Water. Yeah. But Shape and of then, Water similarly never really became a villain, I guess. Well, Three Billboards was the villain. Right. Moonlight, Spotlight, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave. I don't know. I'm just like, I can't really, it, it maybe you'd have to go back to like, I don't know. Lord of the Rings Return. Of the, this feels like, I mean, it honestly feels like well, that. It's a, like Oppie winning, if it wins, it's a, it's like Return of the King because it's yeah. like huge blockbuster and yeah. it's not going to win like 11 or thir- 13 for 13, I guess. <laughs> it wouldn't go 13 for 13, but it's, it could win. I mean, last year, what everything ever won seven Oscars last year. Is that right? Yes. Prior to that, what was the most the best picture winner won? Well, in the preferential era, um, Blocker won six, but that was mostly below the line, whereas Oppie could have, you know, above the line and below the line equally-ish. So, yeah. and like everything everywhere was mostly above the line last year. It, it just, the below the line was just editing. Three acting Oscars choice. Insane. Jamie Lee Curtis is an Oscar winner for everything ever all at once. I can't wait for her to present to Robert Downey Jr. It's going to be great. They mm-hmm. could talk, she'll mention Nepo babies and then he'll be- Yeah, she'll be, she'll be, you know, uh, lecturing everyone about how she is not a nepo baby right and but i think mm, we don't need to get into nepo babies but people misunderstand what it means <laughs> i uh speaking of nepo babies i saw did you see the francesca scorsese's interview with yes. uh, manny fair i thought that was good love her great yeah great great stuff i, I love I that see, he, though i tried to watch like, them like i love that he pretends like he hasn't seen his movies when he watches it with her <laughs> That was great. That's me. He's like pretty bird, pretty, pretty bird, you know, like looking at himself and like, that's great. I'm like, oh man, I do that all the time. Like, oh man, I would go back and read old tweets, listen to this, watch this shit back and be like, ah, that's great. Love this. Uh, Joyce, we're going to do some picks. DGA awards are this weekend. Can you, can you stand the excitement? No. So we're going to do all the categories here. There's TV and film. These are our winner picks. I think we could go through them pretty quick. Uh, I have Christopher Nolan winning Best Director at the DGA Awards. You're not Robert. even going to read the nominees. Wow. The other nominees are Martin Scorsese, Greta Gerwig, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Alexander Payne. The lineup of Best Director uh, nominees that many would have maybe preferred to what we got based on the internet discourse. But I don't know about you, but I had this DJ lineup for ages. And I was like, this is not going to be the Oscar lineup. It was a no-brainer DGA lineup. Uh, yeah um yeah nolan he'll finally win I, I'm, I'm excited to see i love the way the dga does it because they do those like tributes right and people talk and like that's always fun I'll they get curious. their medallion because yeah they get a each nominee gets yeah. a, a tribute um 
from someone associated with their film or whatever. And, and then they get a medallion. And it was great in like the early internet days and like pre-social media when you were just like waiting for the winner. And you would see like photos on the wire on like Getty Images or something or like AP. And it's like the direct the nominee holding a medallion and you couldn't tell if it was the nominee medallion or the winner medallion. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love this ceremony. So I'm excited to see like that aspect of it. I'd assume like Downey would do Nolan, right? Like, I mean, it's got to be like part part of the campaign. Trail. I, I don't know. I don't know if they've like announced presenters or whatever. I don't know if they have either, but I would not be surprised to see Downey up there regaling us about how great Nolan is or Emily Blunt, maybe, or both. Uh, first time directing, Joyce. Uh, the nominees were Celine Song, Cord Jefferson, A.B. Rockwell, uh, Manuela Martelli for Chile 76, and Nora Nisari for Shadia. I have Celine Song winning for Past Lives. Uh, I do too. And I have Cord in second. I have A.B. Rockwell in second and Cord in third. Uh, I think if American, if Cord Jefferson wins this, I would frankly be a little surprised because I just don't think people are considering him as a director and that's not a strength of the film. Uh, no, I think it's, it's more, I have him in second more because like the film yes. is strong but i think selena or selena celine will probably win and if, if cord wins i would say that adds to me that would add grist to the mill of him winning adapted screenplay which i know you already have but i still have oppenheimer um but i think this would be a another little data point to be like oh yeah this industry loves american fiction um remember when bo burnham beat bradley cooper when yes. Bradley was nominated in the main category. Yes. Yeah. Yet somehow eighth grade not nominated for original screenplay. And he won WGA and said, um, like, enjoy the Oscars losers or something. It's great. Uh, <laughs> if eighth grade was nominated for original screenplay, it would have won, you think? I don't think it would have won because of Green Book. It should have won. It might have won, let's say. And now I don't think it... Like it should have, but couldn't like, even nominate it. What happened there? Sometimes these nominations are so strange. Just like what? Such an easy miss. I almost wonder if it's like people are just like, oh, somebody else will nominate it. Like I, sometimes when you get these misses, I just don't understand. No, I I think well in that case, I think the it it could just be kind of like teen bias too. It's yeah. like they don't want to watch that type of movie yeah. either. So. I don't know. <sighs> we can't relitigate every Oscar race choice, just most of them. Uh, for documentary, I don't know this one. Uh, in the uh, here are the nominees, and in, in, in odds order, it's still Twenty Days in Marupol, Beyond Utopia, Kokomo City, and Bobby Wine, People's President. I actually have Bobby Wine winning this. I, I have no idea why. I just think it's like potentially gonna win. I still is the favorite. I guess Davis Guggenheim could win, sure. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> like I have, I mean, I have still, but I think I just, I don't remember doing this. I think I just put it in there so I can move on. <laughs> sure. Uh, still could win, like we said, like it was a, you know, but it didn't get nominated the Oscars, but this is a different I don't, group. That doesn't really matter. Yeah, just... different group, broader group, right? Maybe more basic in their membership. It's a, a way bigger membership too. Mm -hmm. So, 
I don't know. Easily win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I just was like, I don't know. I, I I feel like Bobby Wine could be like Bobby or Bobby Joyce first. Bobby. I feel like that could maybe split the difference between like crowd pleasing and like, I don't know, artist. I don't know. I'm like, is it like, just still seems like so basic. I, I don't, I don't know. I guess it could win, but I don't know. It's. Yeah. I don't like it is. It's probably is like the most seen of these. And mm -hmm. then um, it has, like, the, you know, cachet of Michael J. Fox. So last year, and Fire like they were They were campaigning a lot, too, and it won a bunch of Emmys already. So last year, Fire of Love won? Yes. Year before Attica? Mm -hmm. The year before that, Truffle Hunters. None of I these love won the Oscars. Truffle Hunters. None of these won Oscars. Then before that, American Factory did win an Oscar, Three Identical Strangers, City of Ghosts, OJ Made in America, Cartel Land. I don't know. I'm just like, you know, Davis Guggenheim could definitely win. Uh, yeah, and but... like Attica beat um, Summer of Soul. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I just am like, it just feels, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to stick, I, you, any of these you can I, make You know what? For. I'm willing to get this one wrong. Yeah. Just go with the fave and get it wrong. I don't care. Davis has never won. You just have to accept like two nominations. You're going to take an L on something and it's fine. Yeah. This I don't need to get all the right. All right. Uh, for, we're going to go to TV, Joyce. We can't wait. Can't, can't, can't shirk TV. Directing for drama. Uh, tell me if you've heard of this show, Succession. These are the nominees. Uh, Last of Us, Long, Long Time. And then Succession America Decides. Succession Connor's Wedding. Succession, uh, uh, rehearsal and succession tailgate party so four succession episodes and i have Number connor's five like two years ago and i have i have connor's wedding connor's wedding winning i do too and i think um long long time is first in the odds right now it looks like connor's wedding is now usurped it oh okay because i remember when i the d's predictions yes which were pre-emmys yes Long, long time wasn't first. And I was like, no, I'm doing Connor's wedding. Uh, and then after the Emmys, I felt really good about having Connor's wedding. How would you rank these succession episodes on your own personal preference? My personal preference. Um, let me see. I would do Connor's wedding. Um, America decides tailgate and rehearsal. I would do America Decides, uh, Connor's Wedding, Tailgate, and Rehearsal. I think America Decides is just the best. Love that one. So good. It's a great episode. Um, but yeah, like I I basically went with Connor's Wedding because I see this not as a one versus four, but a one show versus one show. Yep. And all the succession support will funnel or most of the succession support will funnel to connor's wedding and then it managed to be the first show to overcome the triple vote split at the emmys in directing mm -hmm. for connor's wedding so um yeah i'm sticking with that and mark mylod has won before here like he had never won an emmy for directing before but 
um he he won uh dga before so i think it can do it my favorite entourage director mark mylon are you done with your rewatch oh yeah and the movie joyce you follow me on letterbox to get the movie review i'm never joining letterbox and you know that okay uh for comedy directing joyce these are the nominees the bear for fishes barry wow ted lasso so long farewell the bear honeydew and ted lasso la locker room off all i have the bear fishes winning you know what i have barry of course bill Hader, my guy four for four do you think he's gonna win here this is the perfect scenario for him to win the double vote split like this is how this is how like susanna fogel won for flight attendant and then everyone started predicting her for the emmy later mm-hmm. on and she lost that tax but you know my guy bill hater they love him here he's undefeated at dga he every year or every season he loses the emmy and then he goes on to win dga for the same fucking episode so still have an emmy for directing and listen i remember last year you were mocking me because i had bill of course for 710 north and you had white lotus like everyone had White Lotus or Mike White. I'm like, no, Bill, all the way. And he won. I'm Bill in second. Could easily happen. Uh, I just think the um, the bear is so beloved. I just am not going to bet against the bear and not against Chris Dorr, who directed Fishes, I believe. I know, like I have so. Fishes in second. Um, I Everything yeah. you said is right. I think he could easily win, but I just... I'm going to stick with the bear because I think the bear is now is so beloved by the industry that they're going to go with the bear. I I also think like honeydew is underrated. Like everyone just talks about fishes because it's loud and yelly. <laughs> honeydew is underrated, but it. I also think it's not like, I think it's kind of like Connor's wedding style. I don't think it would actually siphon off enough votes here to split it off. I think it's like the fishes is the episode. I also think like fishes is like the episode like I know this doesn't matter in terms of like votes but like to me the way I look at season two of the bear like fishes is the episode that everyone talks about but the actual better episode is forks I know I've said this a million times and I feel like Chris should be going with forks because he hasn't directed that one but I know he won't because like fishes is the bigger episode overall but I think fishes uh works mostly because of the actors and the kind of dialogue that episode has whereas forks is more successful because of the acting the writing and the directing like as a whole and the the directing style in forks is also so different from the rest of the show too like i don't think fishes is like that different from what the the show usually is you know no Totally agree. If Bill wins, I would not be surprised. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to go down with the bear ship. I just feel like the bear is just locked in. You know, like, even if there weren't double bears here, I probably would still have Bill. Because, yeah. like, I got to close this out with him. You got to so. take it all the way. Yeah. Like, if if he doesn't win, that's fine. Because I stuck it out with him. So For limited series or movie directing at the DGAs, Joyce, here are the nominees. All the Light We Cannot See. Uh, Daisy Jones in the Six, the finale, and then three episodes of Lessons in Chemistry, the introduction to chemistry, Perot, and her and him. And I have uh, probably biased 
because I interviewed her, but I have Daisy Jones and the Six uh, for Nizinga. Well, I also interviewed her, and I also have Daisy Jones and the Six, not because I interviewed her. Uh, just a great episode of TV. Just and I think the Lessons in Chemistry episodes will split, and I'm not sure people care about all the light we cannot see. That's my big takeaway. No, but um, yeah, I think Daisy will just take it, and mm -hmm. it's like the bigger episode um so like beef is not here which is like ostensibly a snub but i think um because like it might come back as an anthology that it was submitted in comedy yeah because that's the dga rule like if it's an, if it's anthology you can't be in limited so if beef were here if they had different rules beef would beef. win yeah um, and then for variety series directing, uh, the nominees are Saturday Night Live, Last Week Tonight, Colbert, Daily Show, Trevor Noah, and Real Time with Bill Maher, and I have Saturday Night Live. Same. What else is there to say? So okay. this should be a fun DGA ceremony. Is I think It'll Judd be a long DGA ceremony. The Judd Apatow will host again, I believe. He did a great job uh, last year, if I remember correctly. And so I look forward to seeing, watching the winners on Twitter. Yeah, it'll end at like 1 a.m. Eastern. I'll be back in New York by then. Right. I'm in Pasadena specifically, yeah. right? So uh, I'll wake up and look at the winners on Twitter because I will not be up at 1 a.m. Um, and then we're going to do our Art Director Guild winners, Joyce. When are those? Saturday as well or Sunday? The same, the same day. Yeah. Can't go up against the Super Bowl, Joyce. We should do our Super Bowl picks later. Well, I know you're going to have the Niners. Well, I have the Niners on a long-term bet, and then I'm going to hedge the bet with the Chiefs, so we'll talk about this. You later. can't do that. Yeah, you can. you got to win something. Uh, Art Directors Guild. So here are a bunch of nominees. Period Design is first. The nominees were Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, Asteroid City, Maestro, and Napoleon. And I have Oppenheimer winning. Yes. I think most people have the same winners for the film category. Probably. Uh Oppenheimer, I mean, would not win. Well, it's in a it's up against other films. So, but I do wonder if it's like a sneaky contender here, if for like production design. Uh, you mean at the Oscars? At the Oscars, I don't think it's gonna win based on like Barbie and Poor Things being there as well. But like, it's not completely fat fantastical that it would win. I guess if they're just at the Oscars, on board. no. Like if it's just gonna sweep. sweep everything yeah. like it's the right now this is not one of the predicted categories no for it to win no. but it can for sure it can uh for film fantasy design here's where the top contenders of the oscars are poor things barbie wonka the creator and guardians of the galaxy are the nominees and i have poor things winning here i don't know i guess over barbie and barbie I basically should switch to Poor Things or Barbie in all of these, but I'm going to go Poor Things here, I guess. And we'll see. If if Barbie wins, would you feel more confident about it winning at the Oscars? Or Poor Things no. wins, would you feel more confident about winning at the Oscars? No. Okay. I don't think... Like, I think, well, if Poor Things wins, it'll be more of like a surprise, quote-unquote, because, like, Barbie is the favorite. Um, But I, I don't think it's... You know, like poor things is always has always been in the hunt, right? To win. It's not like an outside, like surprise, 
winning. Right. Um, like if, if poor things are Barbie wins the Oscar, most people are going to be like, had one of those. Yeah. Oscar, like it's not really like neither is a dark horse. So right. like winning the guild, like that's great, obviously. So um, it doesn't mean I'll match up, but right. You know. Next is contemporary design at the art director's guild. Nominees were Saltburn, John Wick 4, Bo is Afraid, The Killer, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I have Saltburn winning. Same. Uh, great movie. Still great. Um, This will be, like, its big win of the season. Unless it gets something at BAFTA. What if it gets something at BAFTA? What, like Jacob Elordi? Yeah. <laughs> Eating RDJ? <laughs> yeah. No, what, yeah, yeah. But you, uh, you have score, winning score over. It could the, win score. Great score. Uh, animated film, Spider-Verse, Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Mario Brothers. And I have Spider-Verse. Same. Uh, into the TV section, The Town. Uh, the Crown. There's ver- the Town, I the wish. Town. <laughs> TV one hour period, single, ca- uh, single. The Crown, Gilded Age, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Great, and Perry Mason. Remember Perry Mason, Joyce? I like Perry Mason. It was never going to come back. but I have The Crown winning this. This, uh, I am torn between The Crown and The Gilded Age. I have Gilded Age in second, so... Um, last year, Pachinko won, which was a, a great poll. Um, I currently have Gilded Age. Maybe I'll just stick with that. I don't I mean, know. Why not? Mm. Why change it now? What, what, what I did on January 19th. <laughs> TV one-hour fantasy nominees were Last of Us, Mandalorian, Loki, For All Mankind, and Silo, and I have The Last of Us. Yes. I wish it was Loki, though pretty great but i don't think it'll be loki and last of us is pretty cool too uh for contemporary nummies are succession fargo poker face yellow jackets in the morning show and i have succession winning i do too um and yeah so and the morning show in second i have fargo in second. most people have fargo in second i think yeah great sets beautiful sets um, yeah, like Succession is for America Decides and that is great production design because I don't think it's like, it's like a a, a new-ish set. We see more of ATN, right? But it's a place we're already familiar with. And I, I think it's also not distracting at all. I interviewed the production designer specifically about America Decides. Uh, it was great. And they had to do a lot of like the TVs, all that stuff is like really well thought out, I would say. Yeah, like I think it it situates you really well in the in this new in a, several new sets. Um, but yeah, like it's it's not distracting. No, and yeah. And then for limited series, Beef, Daisy Jones, All the Light We Cannot See, Lessons in Chemistry, and Murder at the End of the World, and I have Beef. Same. If Daisy Jones in second, would be nice to see, but not sure that's going to happen. Uh, for half hour single camera, the bear only murders, our flag means death, what we do in the shadows, and reservation dogs. And I have the bear 
Uh, I have only murders. Why? Um, because it's showier mm -hmm. and um, like the bears set the the episode is omelet, which is like the penultimate episode. So it's like when they're almost ready for friends and family. Great set, beautiful set at the restaurant, like the redesign. <laughs> and I interviewed the production designer, uh, Mary Vetsky, but um, I don't know. What about like Our Flag Means Death? That's like a surprise winner here. I mean, if you want to. I think it could happen. I feel like these are going to be like maybe defaulting to the obvious ones and then something like that happens. Um, I don't know. Like, I think they're capable of having interesting picks just based on like, you know, Pachinko last year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Too, like it that beat um, The Crown and The Gilded Age last year. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, like, our flag means death won last year, so. Maybe I'll switch that now to make it different. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, and this we have two more here. TV multi-camera, Frasier, The Connors, Bob Hart's Abba Shola, The 90s Show, That 90s Show, and Bunked. I have Frasier winning this. Same. Big Frasier fan, Joyce? Uh, original Frasier. I have not watched this one. And then for TV variety or competition, Squid Game, The Challenge, Saturday Night Live, History of the World, Black Lady Sketch on RuPaul's Drag Race, and I have Squid Game winning. Same. And those are the art director guild. Same night as DGA. Can't wait. It'll uh, end before DJ ends, though. And then Sunday's the Super Bowl, Joyce. Can't wait. So you bet on the Niners. So I had a long-term bet on the Niners. Beginning of the season, you could okay. bet who's going to win the Super Bowl. Pick the Niners. So I got that just sitting there. Just riding it out. Was a little hairy there against the Lions and against the Packers. I'm like, I'm holding on tight. Here we go. So that'll pay out. Now I'm like, I really think the Chiefs are going to win. So I want to well, yeah. kind of hedge the bet on the Niners picking the Chiefs and trying to figure out how I think I would probably do the Chiefs money line choice instead of the points. I think the Niners are still a two and a half point favorite. Mm -hmm. So I think the yeah, Chiefs I don't do any of that. Right. Um, I don't really care who wins because I, well, I was initially just rooting for Joe Flacco during his mini run. Okay. Because we went to college together. And did then, you know Joe Flacco? No, I didn't know him. So we're the same. Very lead here. I didn't know this. We're, we're the same age, but okay. he, I was ahead of him academically because he transferred over because he didn't play um, in his first school. And then he couldn't play until my junior year. Um, so I only was in school because I also graduated early. So I did not spend much time okay. <laughs> at school at all. But I did like meet him because he, he came to our student newspaper one time. So we're not friends, but, you know, proud alum. You know, when I get the alumni email, it's like him all like last year or two years ago, like the alumni like uh, magazine. It was just like a profile on him, like his giant face on the cover. It was about like him 
you know, like his, uh, his like twilight years, like where he was like, you know, how he still wants to play and doesn't want to retire yet and all that. So, uh, yeah. And then obviously the Browns lost. Not great. Um, but you know, expected. Um, and then, so then obviously I went, uh, to refer the lions because that's Eminem's team. Oh, uh, okay. I was wondering, yeah, why you were into the lions. That makes sense now. Obviously. Come on. And yeah. And then I also did not watch any of the lions playoff games. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the first one. Cause I thought they were going to lose like seriously. I thought they were going to lose. And we were also recording an episode for critics choice that night too. And cause that was why I was at my friend's house. Right. <laughs> I watched the game and, and then they won. So then I was like, I'm not going to watch any of their remaining games. Cause I didn't watch this one and they won. So I didn't watch last or two weeks ago and they were winning for most of the game and then fucked it up. Complete choke, choke job. Yeah. So then I was also like, if they make it to the Super Bowl, I am not going to watch the game. I'll just watch Usher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really watched a lot, but I was, I, so I got the, I still think the Chiefs are going to, the Chiefs just have the mojo, Joyce. That's what I feel like. Yeah. The vibes, the so. vibes are really good, but San Francisco is great. So I don't know. I have Kelsey uh, winning MVP. Those were good odds as well. Yeah, I probably won't even watch the game either. Again, I'll just tune into the halftime show. I don't really don't care who wins. Uh, halftime show is Usher, sure. Not Great. a big Usher fan. Wow, rude. I love Usher. I just love now, like, all the halftime acts are just people I grew up with, which is great for me. Like, that. that's when I know I'm old because this reminds me of like 20 years ago after Nipplegate and they're like, we can't have anything like that again. So they start booking like the who, I mean, like I love the who and like Bruce and everyone, but it was like, we have to book like old acts. So now this is nostalgia for me because when they book Usher. It's pretty I was thinking that the other day when I was at the grocery store at Trader Joe's and it's like, oh man, all these songs are bangers. I'm like, I'm so old. They're the best. I love them so so old. Uh, And we'll get some Super Bowl commercials choice. There was one today for, uh, Quiet Place Day One, which looked pretty cool. I, I saw that, but I did not watch it. Looks great. You know, it's a cool movie, Quiet Place. They're fine, but I'm like, I'm into this. Sure. Uh, Just we have some emails we could do. Email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. This first one is from uh, Ricari, who has emailed us before. Do you think Paul Giamatti could win Best Actor at BAFTA? I think he could because they could try their best not to repeat next year at BAFTA where all the acting wins don't match the Oscars and go with the most likely Oscar pick. I think uh, not repeat uh, last year, not next year, but. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, we already know the winners of next year. Um, I don't think anyone votes that way. It's like, oh shit, we went 0 for 4 with the Oscars. Can't be doing right. that. <laughs> right. Um, I don't think it's, far-fetched that he wins BAFTA no. he got nominated and like but that would not be the reason if he wins yeah I am not expecting him to win BAFTA at all I still think he has a really good shot of winning SAG yes but I at think the same I mean, time, most people will think the again the most people think the split is Killian BAFTA yeah. and Paul SAG the thing with SAG though even though he's a beloved SAG actor Oppenheimer is still the biggest movie that we know everyone saw and really liked. And so that leads me to believe that Killian would probably 
be able to win SAG as well. Yeah. And also like Paul's, all of his wins came before the merger. Wait, let me see if, um, because the merger was in 2012. And let me make sure. So, yeah, so his last win for Too Big to Fail, remember that one? Mm -hmm. Barely in it, he won. And then his other ones were for John Adams, uh, Cinderella Man, and Sideways Ensemble. So those are all pre-merger. And I could definitely see when it's just SAG, just the actors, you know, in the tank for him, obviously. Paul Giamatti the best. Love Paul Giamatti. And like an actor's actor, right? So it's not like he's been nominated a ton since the merger. So his nominations since then were just an ensemble for 12 Years a Slave and straight out of Compton. Iconic performance. Pretty great. Um, and now the holdovers. So he's never been individually nominated uh, post-merger until now. So now with after part of this, the voting body, and it's humongous. Um, I don't know if like, I think everyone does love Paul. I think, you know, like radio people, DJs and influencers do love Paul Giamatti, but I don't know if they have the same reverence for him as an actor that his peers do when he's also up against Abby, like a huge movie. And I think Killian has his like, you know, basic stance too. Not just his like, you know, Killian stance, but just like regular fans. Peaky like Blinders, lot. pretty popular show. Peaky, Peaky Blinders stands are insane. Very popular show. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just like, I think, and I, The Holdovers is a movie I think a lot of people would obviously like. So it's not like it's like he's got like a problem with the movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's like in the arty movie. Um, but I just think Oppenheimer is so big. I actually might go Killian there as well for SAG. I don't know. I haven't made my final picks there yet, obviously. Yeah. And then like BAFTA, well, BAFTA is first. Right. I feel like if Killian wins at BAFTA, you'll just go with Killian at SAG. But then, okay. So if Paul wins at BAFTA, will you do I mean, Paul? if Paul wins at BAFTA, I'd put him right at the top to win the Oscar. I just think like that would really show a lot of support for him. Yeah. And then I, we talked about this last week and how, you know, like, um, the argument for Killian Bafta, it's not because he's Irish, <laughs> but like because he has the 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 type of role, the biopic role that they usually like to reward mm -hmm. there. And like the past two years, it's like been flipped where the American nominee has the biopic role, like Austin Butler and Will Smith against an Irishman or a Brit. Mm -hmm. So yeah and but i again i if if paul wins i don't think it's a reaction to bafta not matching with the oscars last year i don't think they care i think people following awards care i hate when people talk about how like bafta got it wrong last year because it went over eight above the line i'm like they didn't get it wrong they just made their own choices correct it's not right they just the didn't, they didn't match right. the oscars but it's not wrong they just made their own picks right so this one's from Harold and Maude who emailed us at slugfest at goldderby.com an old pal hi Joyce and Chris I hope you're doing well 
I wanted to start by saying I'm very proud of myself and anyone else who predicted Indiana Jones in original score. I think it's a terrible nomination, but I called it since the movie came out, so it became my identity for this award season. I also wanted to ask about Lily Gladstone and if you guys think her strength to win has sort of died down, because I sort of think it has. I would have, never would have thought this because since New York Film Critics Circle, it seemed like everyone had decided she was undeniably the best performance of the year and weren't going to accept anything else. But after losing Critics' Choice and missing out on the BAFTA nomination, it sort of becomes hard to say, well, the next awards just have to give it to her when all the signs are seemingly pointing towards Emma Stone. I'd be happy if either won, but I believe Lily to be undoubtedly a supporting performance. And with the rest of the field having at least 50% screen time, it seems like catching up to her a little bit. That's from Harold and Maude. Um, so like, what, like, do we think she can still win or? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Do you think she could still, we, we've talked about this, but I do think it's like back. It, it feels like a lot of things have like conspired to make Emma back into being the favorite, or maybe she was always the favorite, I guess you would arguably say. I, I mean, yeah, like she could very well have always been the favorite among the industry. We just we're not aware of that until more recently um, because the early part of the season is just critics awards and that's where Lily dominated. Um, not unsurprisingly, like critics love Killers of Flower Moon, um, Smarty, and they're very gung-ho about backing Lily's performance. And so I I do think she had a lot of momentum from like the fall, like December, you know, and it did really feel like after the Globes that she was in pole position and she could sweep. Like, I definitely thought that like after the Globes, she got two standing O's like, and we know she's a great speaker. She gave a great speech and uh, yeah, it did feel that way. And then a week later she lost Critics' Choice, which again is not industry but it's like that's definitely one where like she was the favorite going in like that should have been an easy get for Considering her all the critics group thought after new york film critics circle and gave her best actress basically uh that yeah. she wouldn't win when people are actually voting tells me something like in public when people are like yes we're giving lily gladstone an award but when they're in the privacy of their voting windows they actually vote like, for their favorite. <laughs> actually gonna pick emma stone because i liked her more it is tells me that uh the momentum she had was like a false prophecy basically from the critics. yeah and then so like that was one thing and it's like oh she could totally overcome that because it's not um in industry but then not getting the bafta nomination was another hit that one remains that one is to me the big reason why i just was like oh she's now i don't think she's going to win because i just think like we understand the way bafta is convoluted and like the jury stuff is weird and maybe if it was the full she probably would have gotten in if everybody was yeah i think if it's just popular to the branch to full branch so she would have been nominated and yet she's not nominated and then i'm like well she's not going to win there obviously then and then even at sag you're like if you like we talked about like if you look at history of SAG winners and best actress, she would be literally not just because she's the only in, indigenous actress or Native American actress who's been, you know, nominated there, but like would be like completely unlike any other best actress winner in the history of SAG, based on the performance. I mean it would be, yeah, it, it would be a lot just on narrative, and you can't win alone on narrative. You know? Not to say that it's a bad performance, but historically SAG prefers a bigger they, they love showy stuff. 
Right. Yeah. And um, Emma definitely has that. And I think, I mean, like the BAFTA thing is just, yeah, that was rough because her not being nominated not only told us that the jury obviously did not pick her, but she was not top three. Correct. Right. Like if, if she had been nominated, we would have not known either way. We would have just assumed she was top three. Right. Yes. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like that, that was bad because it was like, she was not top three and so they she, didn't pick her. And it's like, you can forget about the jury. Cause it's like, you know, the opinions of like eight people or whatever, and another jury might have picked her, but this just told us during the mass voting, the round one voting in December when she had the most like, momentum, the most momentum, arguably, and like peak buzz, you know, when that was like right after she won New York. Again, this is like, I don't think they're paying attention to what like New York Critics Film Circle is doing and all these regionals here are doing. And she wasn't, um, yeah, top three back in December when that phase of voting was happening and neither was the film in screenplay apparently. So it took a hit there, the film in general. So yeah, I think like it sucks because I, it's, I think it's like another Marty, you know, like fading in phase two situation. I, um, yeah, like it's, and that was the other thing I was going to say, the other, I almost a bigger issue to me too, is that clearly poor things is, ascendant in terms of its strength as a movie whereas flower moon feels like it plateaued yeah so, so like would they rather give emma an oscar like it's maybe it's hard to be like i can't believe emma stone's gonna have a second oscar maybe some people do think that way and obviously the movie is not like without its criticisms or flaws uh poor things like obviously like we said like people have been coming for it a little bit but i'm like yeah just i i think they actually clearly do like the movie is on the upswing whereas flower moon is like not and that kind of hurts in the end too because i just think like if more people like poor things and everybody's voting then they're going to be like well i like emma more right if i because i like the movie more than lily even though lily was also good maybe i put her in second i mean i i don't know if they look at like the i think they can separate the, the film from the performance too especially in best actress you know like we know that does not have a lot of correlation with best picture, you know, historically anyway. But so I think they can separate that even if they're not fans of either of their movies, let's say. Sure. But um, yeah, I think if you're just like comparing the performances, I, you know, I, I don't know. It seems like, you know, like Poor Things also is not doing poorly with like the general public either. Cause like a movie can make a lot of money, but have bad, you know, audience reception. <laughs> Right. Just because you're seeing a movie doesn't mean you like it, you know, but it has like pretty good like audience scores too. I don't know a regular person who's seen it. I don't know about you. Uh, I don't know if I do either. I, I, well, no, only people in media really, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. But then, I mean, you know, more people who like normies who've seen Flower Moon. The normies I know who've seen Flower Moon don't love it. How do they feel about Lily? Fine. Good. She was good. Everybody's like, yeah, she was good. But I think if you were like, oh, is she going to win? If you were like, would she win an Oscar? Maybe they'd be like, uh, sure. I don't know. I mean, You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it yeah. was like, it wasn't like you were blown away. And I do think in the end, part of the reason is like, because it's she's so, it's such a long, it's such a big, she's still like, we talked about this, like as a lead performance, it's not as big as like some of these other lead performances in terms of style and in terms of yeah. screen time. Yeah, like it. She's like Michelle Williams and the Fablemans. Like, 
this movie is an hour longer, but it's kind of like the right. same situation mm-hmm. in a way. All that said, though, like when I was talking to somebody the other day, they were like, I absolutely think Lily's going to win. Like, is she still because I guess you would think she could win SAG. And even if she doesn't win SAG, maybe she still wins at the Oscars because like people are just like going in with no industry awards. If she went in with no industry awards, I would say no. When they're like momentum for her film. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, I guess I could see it. Like, I don't know. I I think if like she doesn't win SAG, that's that's going to be really rough. Um, and especially if Emma wins both or BAFTA at least. I know we talked about like Sandra Huller winning BAFTA. I'm more and more convinced Emma will win BAFTA. Like, it's oh, yeah, like I've always had Emma, and then and, like after London, I'm like, I'll just keep her. <laughs> and I think even if, like we said this, even if Lily went win SAG, I still would probably have Emma winning at the Oscars because I just think the large international body would seemingly has now is maybe way more in the line in line with Emma than than Lily and way more in line with poor things and flower moon. And so I would probably stick with Emma, but if Lily doesn't win SAG, that would be tough, tough to overcome. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like, I know, is she, is she in first or second? Is Emma? Let me look. First. Emma might be in first now because Lily missed BAFTA. Let's take a look. So Emma's in first, about 500 points ahead of Lily. It's still close. Uh, but there you go. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you you were at the Gotham's when she she won, not for Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> So the reason I think uh, the Gotham, she was like, it was like, oh my God. And that was the the first award show of the season. And all the famous people were there, I think, which made it a little different than maybe other guys. Like it was like all like Barbie, you know what I mean? Because they gave away a lot of uh, creator and innovator awards. Yeah. And so a lot of famous people. And like creator and innovator tribute. Yeah. And ampersands. So it was Mm -hmm. like Bradley Cooper, Leonardo DiCaprio, Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, like major A-list people, not just like, hey, the seventh lead from the Sundance Indie. You know, it was like real famous people. And they all were like, oh my God, we love Lily Gladstone. And so, and at the funny thing is at the time too, they also like Charles Melton, but not as much. And I was like, I think that materialized that he was more of a film Twitter fave than an industry fave. Also One London. And he did, yeah, I saw that. And I guess in the end, I mean, I was obviously, she could still win. I'm not saying it's over, but like, I think the enthusiasm for Lily is for Lily more than the movie and more than the performance even. Yeah. And I do think like when they're voting, they do have to love the performance in addition to liking the person. And it kind of like, we never know, but it's like, you hear this all the time, like in, 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 in elections and obviously this too, we, I mean, even down to like, I think you, we've probably talked about this around like, Anthony Hopkins versus Chadwick Boseman. Publicly, everybody's going to say, oh my God, Chadwick Boseman, so great, rest in peace. Like, uh, you know, they're going to think that too. Probably. I'm not saying they're bad. A narrative. <laughs> but when they go to vote, they're going to say, I did like Anthony Hopkins more, maybe. Mm-hmm. And obviously that bore out. And with this as well, it's not direct comparison. And I wouldn't like want to minimize, obviously, Chadwick Boseman's death or anything. But I do think like in terms of 
Lily versus Emma, you might get that too, where it's like, I love Lily Gladstone. I can't wait to see everything she's going to do going forward. It is a great performance. I can't wait to see Fancy Pants on Apple TV Plus later this year. So, And I love her performance. She is great in the movie, but I think Emma Snow is better. You know, like I could just see people thinking that and going with that when they're voting. Yeah, like it's, I, I think a, a lot of it now is like, I wouldn't say most of her candidacy now is the campaign, but I think that's what a lot of people are using to to back a prediction for her too. But I don't think people really vote that way. And like, that can't be the only thing um, that's, you know, supporting you. And I I do think like, if someone likes another performance more, they're not going to vote against their favorite just to make a statement for someone else. You know, like, I think ultimately they do just vote for what they like. They could like something for various reasons, but I do think they go with that. And it's not, I don't think they're thinking about like other factors like this, like we are when we're getting so granular in analyzing. I totally agree. And I'll be, I can't wait. If this, this does happen, Joyce, especially for uh, the people who don't follow the granular, I cannot wait to see social media on Oscar night. I'm sure it'll be very calm and normal when Emma Stone wins a second Oscar. You mean just like Oscar nominations? Day? And Lily Gladstone does not win. And you're going to have a lot of people really, really super thrilled about that, I would imagine. Um, the, It'll probably be definitely a little bit louder than when Anthony one over yeah. that also was like you know they moved best actor last <laughs> because they thought yeah Chadwick was gonna win that was such a shock i think it, that shocked people so much i actually think this would be like the surprise of it maybe made it even less of an outrage than this would be because but i think told, also like but i think it'll be different too especially if emma wins bafta anzac because the difference with that was true that Chadwick won everything except after Anthony won after. So. Right. I guess if, if otherwise, I think that's fair. So like if, if people are like girded for this, maybe a little, but yeah, I'm like, like the, media, um, Emma won everything. <laughs> the media has like me include It's like, it's like, we are full on for Lily. And so then when if she doesn't win, uh, people who only were getting their stuff from like social media might be like a little like, Oh my God, this is yeah. outrage. Uh, Joyce, this one's from our pal, David L. Uh, hi, Joyce and Chris. My question this week. Do you think it's possible that Justine Trier could be another Mark McDonough and not win original screenplay? I had predicted Anatomy of a Fall in my Golden Globe winner predictions because the Globes are known for going with the smarter, complex choice in that category. But the Oscar voters usually tend to vote for their favorite films, which are accessible, relatable movies in the screenplay categories, like The Holdovers, rather than making left-field choices on films that have dark, complex stories. I'm not sure if Oscar voters care about wanting to vote for Anatomy of Fallen Screenplay just because they can't vote for an international feature. Tell me your thoughts. But I think Anatomy is also a film they like. To me, I, I mean, this is like a knock, this would be a diss maybe on Anatomy, but I'm like, I actually think Anatomy is like accessible, basic. It is story. very accessible. It's not dark and complex. I think that yeah. if you're thinking it is because it one can and it's an international film, so it has subtitles, then you watch it and it's like a straight up hot, pulpy soap opera, basically. 
Yeah, it, this is not like zone of interest. Right. It's I think if zone of interest was in front runner or people really like yeah, it. Yeah, I'd be like, no, sorry, sorry, Blazer. Would win. But like I actually think I honestly think Anatomy Fall is maybe even more basic than the holdovers, if it's possible. I mean, it is so down the middle of like modern storytelling and the holdovers is doing that like throwback 70s cosplay a little more. I'm like, I don't think I actually don't think like comparing it to Mark McDonough, I mean it's weird because like everything everywhere is such a strange movie in yeah. quotes, but like, I don't it's, know. It's I don't... original in concept and a like high concept. And like Banshees, like Anatomy Falls way more basic and accessible than Banshees of Sharon, like mm-hmm. way more. Yeah. I like, I think it's totally accessible. Like when I saw that in August, I was like, this is great. And it's also half in English. So that's going to pull in even more people. Um, like, I think it's more like Parasite, you know, like they're both, you know, mostly non-English language films, um, but they're widely accessible and they're really engaging watches. And then like, it's not like neither of them has like a happy ending. Like it's, you know, the endings are complex, I guess you could say, but, and, but I do think you, you leave the film wanting to talk about it, which I think is important. Right. You know, and it's it's just like like anatomy, I think, you know, it it taps into like the true crime thing, too, that everyone's obsessed with now. And then, um, you know, like like some of the discourse is just like, is that really what like French court is like? And it's like, yes. You know, like people are like, oh, yeah, that's like it's like super chaotic. It's like, what the fuck? So I think it's like fun to talk about and analyze. And it, it's, I wouldn't say it's high concept, like everything everywhere or like get out, you know, that I've won. But I I do think like it's a movie that's surging and it already overperformed in nominations. Like it got into editing. So they clearly like it to give it five nominations. And now everyone is voting for the winners. Um, and then, yeah, like, I don't think, I don't think like the, the Martin comp really works for her for, you know, what you just said. Like, I I think like Banshees was just a more writerly script. And even like, if you don't take into account the fact that everything ever was the bigger film and was going to win seven Oscars, like that was just the more original quote unquote concept. And I think they, some of them kind of take that literally like their original mm-hmm. name, the word in the title. So um do you think yeah, we- I think it's between that and the holdovers, I don't think really and the other ones are I winning. Agree. Do you think uh we talked about this back in probably in March or maybe even August like if, if Alexander Payne had written holdovers, do you think he would be it would be more considered in this category, even though obviously the names maybe don't matter. Right. Like they're not you're picking the films, but like, do you think it would have made been a closer race or do you think it would have won if he wrote it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I had holdovers this whole time, basically, like all throughout last year, definitely um, until like the past month. So I. I don't think like they. I mean, I think there have been more, you know, like press with 
Alexander Payne if he had actually written it, you know? Like, he's not a nominee at all. Um, no. He also didn't produce it. So I... I don't think they really care. Like, again, I think they just vote for what they like. So if it's the holdovers, it's the holdovers. And it's for David Hemmingson. Right. Okay. You know, and like, again, we've talked about, like, some people right now still do think that Alexander Payne wrote it. So they might be voting for it because they think he wrote it. <laughs> love uh, love that Alexander Payne script. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Joyce, we got, this week we opened our Emmy picks on the site. So we got some emails about that as well. Oh my gosh. I that That was a struggle. Wow. Uh, you're not kidding. It is rough out there. Uh, this one is from Lee. Hi, Joyce and Chris. I knew this Emmy cycle was going to be kind of weird because of the strikes, but I don't think I realized how top heavy the comedy and drama categories would end up being because of how few programs are eligible. Is this the worst crop of potential nominees we've ever had? And how are you choosing to fill in the bottom half of your predictions? It doesn't seem like most of these are going to appeal to Emmy voters. I don't even know if you did your Emmy picks yet. I did them the other night with my friend. We did them together. And it took the, us a really, really long time because we didn't know what to do after like four things in like each category. Limited was fine because there's a lot of limited options. But like Limited is a lot. There's a lot of limited series. Drama and especially. Holy shit. I don't think comedy is actually even bad. I think there's a Comedy's lot of not comedy. that bad. It's just it, comedy is mostly bad in series because you need like two more basically at the end. Uh, but drama say, is like you're out after like five. <laughs> here, I'm just, we're not going to do our full but, Emmy picks, right? Obviously, but I have somehow these are the top eight in the odds that I have. But I'll just read off my picks and you tell me what you think. Here's what I got. Uh, the morning show winning. So you could tell how it's going already. Uh, the Crown, The Gilded Age, Three Body Problem, which I haven't even seen yet. Netflix show from the Game of Thrones guys. The Boys, Slow Horses, The New Look, The Apple Series, and Loki. And that's the top eight in the odds. Bleak. I I have <laughs> The Crown, The Morning Show, Gilded Age, which I think everyone has because it's like, come on. The Boys, Slow Horses, Fallout, Loki, and Sugar. Okay, so you went other Amazon shows, right? Because I have, uh... oh no, so Fallout's Amazon and what, you didn't have Three Body Problem, have... okay. No, and I have I have Sugar, which is just another Apple, Apple show. So Sugar have... sounds great. Love, looking forward I to have like, I have like I have like, I don't know what to do here. And then- I mean... Yeah, I don't know. New Look, I, I started like watching it um before because I'm at TCA and they yes. had a panel the other day. So I started watching. I have not finished a pilot. <laughs> so the reason I put New Look in is because when I did the, the only reason I put it in, frankly, and again, haven't seen it, it might be a great show, uh, is because when I did the acting and actor and actress nominations, I was like, it's probably going to get an actress and actor nomination. So maybe then that would translate to series because I have Julia it, Benoche. It doesn't, it doesn't need to. And I have Ben Mendelsohn in. Uh, I also have Ben because I was like, I need to, I, I, I ran out of people. <laughs> okay, so actress again, not terrible. Like with the list, I have Emma Stone, Carrie Coon, uh, Jennifer Aniston, Imelda Staunton, Reese Witherspoon, and Juliette Binoche. And then, but actor, it's like Nathan Fielder for The Curse is going to get nominated maybe? Sure. 
No, I don't have Emma or Nathan. How did you fill it out? <laughs> so for actress, I have Jen, Carrie, Reese, Imelda, Ella Purnell of the Fallout. Fallout. You're really in on Fallout. I, I am not. I just have nothing to put in here. <laughs> and then I put in Carrie Preston for Ellsworth. Oh, the commercials are great. Can't wait. Uh, a Leap Day premiere. And then for actor, I did Gary Oldman. Hell yeah. Um, too. So, okay, sidebar. So yesterday at uh, TCA, there uh, it was like a hallmark for a part of the day. And then like uh, Kyler Lee is on the way home, this like time traveling show on Hallmark. And then someone asked them, oh, like, whoa, what time period would you want to time travel to? So like everyone answered like Annie McDowell, she was like, I'll go back to when I was younger because uh, so I could spend more time with my mom because she died when I was 23. So, like, you know, and then Kyler Lee, she goes, she's like, I'm weird. So if Dracula were real, I would want to go back to when Gary Oldman was Dracula. <laughs> and then Evan Williams was like, you know, Gary Oldman was not actually Dracula, right? She's like, I don't <laughs> care. I just love him as Dracula. Wow. So Gary Oldman, number one for me here for sure. Slow Horses. And then I have Dominic West, Morgan Spector of the Gilded Age. Maybe I should put him in. Go ahead. Colin Farrell, Anthony Starr for the boys, and Ben Mendelsohn. So I have Fielder and I have Tom Hilsden. I don't have Hiddles. I, I was like, I mean, I was laughing when I put Loki in series. Like, I love Loki. <laughs> it's really rough. I mean, like, it is rough. Let me ask you this. Will it? Will they be able to cut these down to five? hopefully well i think they'll lose slots for like acting wise like there'll be fewer submissions so i yeah. think we're gonna lose i mean in supporting i think we really need to cut slots in supporting um but i also feel like for <laughs> series it because like drama and comedy are fixed at eight and i feel like they should apply the proportional rule to drama and comedy series as well because i don't think we need eight slots for drama series no Not, offense. Tim, maybe you but. need four this year. Can we go down to four? Uh, for I just want to say for supporting actor and actress, I have members of the Monarch Legacy of Monsters cast. Kurt Russell in there. And uh, for supporting actor. I also want to say, um, because we I saw that you did your predictions already. Yes. So my, my friend, we decided to play a game and we're like, let's guess what Chris's other predictions are that don't match with ours. And let me tell you, she got a lot of them right. <laughs> she was like Monarch. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, do we know Chris or do we not know Chris? Like, great show. Uh, really great show. I just have my supporting categories are just the crown, Gilded Age, and morning show people. And then like a little bit of slow horses. <laughs> it's really rough Like, I don't there. know. I don't know. And then Limited has a lot of options. Limited is great. Yet, There's actually a lot of good shows. And like, I left a lot of things out. <laughs> it's amazing. I was like, can we add some of these people to drama series just to balance it out? Like, throw some of these nominees in for drama? I'd be fine with that because there's way too many people in Limited uh, who will miss. Like, Limited Actor. Hang on. I'm going to go to this. Let's see. Yeah, there's a lot of people. It's just a good, good list. You have Tobias Menzies in for Manhunt? Of course I do. I Manhunt, my favorite show. I'm going to add him <laughs> I'm right now. Through Manhunt, and it's like, it's like another Masters of the Year for me. Apple, home of my favorite historical dramas. 
<laughs> who do you have in this category? So I can figure out who I should drop to add to my. Well, I have. I have, I have Tom Hollander. Yeah, same. John Hamm, which I'm not really sure about. He's great on it, though. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I have Tony Shalhoub, Monk. Wow. Michael Douglas for Franklin. Yeah, sure. Tobias and Matthias Schoenarts for the regime. Okay, so I might drop Andrew Scott. I have. I have Tom, John Hamm, Michael Douglas, Andrew Scott, Aaron Pierre for Genius MLKX, which I watched oh. all of this week. And, so that's uh, why you put it in. <laughs> I got to say, though, he's amazing as Malcolm X. It's like, he's like really, really good. So I hope he gets in. I have Matthias for Regime. And then I guess I'll drop Andrew Scott and put Tobias in. I have like, for some reason, I put in Ripley in series, but I didn't put in any actor. <laughs> Let me see what I have for series. Again, this is a, just a chaos. I have, series, Fargo. I have Fargo, True Detective, Lessons in Chemistry, The Regime, and Ripley. For some, Maybe I'll put in like Griselda. I have Griselda. <laughs> I'm putting Griselda. That'll be my my uh, inventing Anna because I do I have, have yeah. I have uh, Fargo, Lessons, Chemistry, Regime, Griselda, and The Sympathizer. I don't think people actually like True Detective, Joyce, so I'm not going to put it in. Well, you know who was here yesterday? Kenya Barris, and he loves True Detective. He brought it up unprompted. Wow. He also went on like a minute long um, spiel about how amazing Succession is. I'm like, yes no life yeah. protected yeah uh this is speaking of emmy picks this one is is uh from Lindsay, who writes chris i saw your emmy picks and i need to ask you about your choice of hamish linklater for manhunt do you something know something we don't know what was your reasoning over for him over lewis pullman uh joyce i have not even you not have lewis i have him in second i did not see once i've just seen the trailer for manhunt and i was howling and hooting and i was like he's playing you. it's great and I was like, historical figure, transformative role, an actor who people really like. And I love Lewis Pillman in, in Lessons of Chemistry, but I was like, he's not really in it that much. I don't know. I, I'll see after I watch Manhunt if that holds. And I'm like, let's go, Abe Lincoln. Win an Emmy. Um, so like I said, I'm halfway through Manhunt. And he does play Lincoln. They just like slapped a beard on him. This I is not a commercial. You can watch the trailer right now if you haven't yeah, seen Yeah, you can it. watch the trailer. This is not DDL's Lincoln. No. So, and then it's a much more relaxed Lincoln on the show. So the show is about the the hunt for John Wilkes Booth. And, but Hamish is actually in it uh, a lot, even though like, obviously Lincoln dies, um, but they do a lot of flashbacks. Right. I know, historical spoiler, Lincoln dies. Um, and yeah, so he's actually in the show a lot. It's not like a... Lewis also dying in Lessons in Chemistry. And then he he gets a flashback episode later on. But I would like Hamish is in every episode. Um, he has like a scene or two in every episode because there are flashbacks. But <laughs> um the like the the real supporting, even though like he's the lead, but like supporting actor in that show is Anthony Boyle because he plays John Wilkes Booth. Also a Masters of the Air. So he's I gotta only say, two- again, haven't watched it. From the trailer, it looks like Anthony Boyle is doing the absolute most as John Wilkes Booth. It's like it's such a great because he plays him as such a narcissist and yeah. like obviously. And then it's so because like when he when they go on the run, um, he has a, a great mustache. This this show is just facial hair. Okay. And future hair makeup and, and Oswald, amazing beard. <laughs> Future hair and makeup nominee. So like there's a whole plot point about like how John Wilkes Booth has to shave his mustache so they can continue on. He doesn't want to shave it because he's like, this is me. Um, and then he just he's just like reading news articles about the assassination and he's like, 
do you have postage? Because I want to send this to my mom. <laughs> it's just like, this is like the level it is, but it's, it's such like, uh, like an easy watch. And I was talking to you uh, about it with someone last night too. And they're like, yeah, like, it's great. It was like, I wasn't sure what, I, what to expect when I hit play on the screeners because I didn't read the log line and the title is so generic, but it's like, oh, it's like Lincoln. And then it's, it is like the, the manhunt for him is like, it is, uh, I think like not underreported, but just like not, not widely known, like, you know, so there is like new information, but like, you also have like knowledge basis for the events, you know? So, but yeah, I don't have Hamish and Linklater. That's a long way. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, I'm in all the way for him. Do you right have now. a RDJ, future Oscar winner RDJ? I do. I think I have him in third. Uh, let me see. Oh, wrong. Ugh, sorry, wrong, wrong page. The website, tough sometimes. I do have RDJ. I don't have a winning. Um, the other people I have in this category are Jonathan Bailey for Fellow Travelers, a posthumous nominee for Treat Williams for Feud, you Grant for The you. Regime, and Ron Cephas Jones, who plays Elijah Muhammad in Malcolm uh, MLKX, and is also amazing, and also be a posthumous nominee. But like, so you oh have man, double he, posthumous nominees. I do, but he's so good in it. it it's like really, really watchable. Uh, it makes if you if you watch Rustin and we're like not for me, you might also think this is not for me. But it's better than Rustin, I will say. And uh, they have Bayard Rustin as a character played by Griffin Matthews from our favorite show, The Flight Attendant. Love The Flight Attendant. Now canceled. And I got to say, he's great in it as uh, as Bayard Rustin and looks shockingly like him. At the end, they do like real, at the end of the series. He, I watch he the looks more like him than Coleman does. He does. Also, he's younger. I mean, like, I don't know how old, I mean, Bayard Rustin was probably, let me see. Uh, let me see. He was, I mean, I guess Coleman's not that far off. Like, he was in his late 40s and Griffin is like 42, it looks like. But Coleman is definitely older than late 40s, right? Coleman is 54, 54. But like so he doesn't look that he old. doesn't look 54, but and like it's actually fine. Like the both of them are actually right for it. But I did think they found like photos of Bayard for genius that make him look younger than he actually was during the March on Washington. So oh. anyway, really great though. He's so good. Oh, <laughs> Jones is awesome. R.I.P. To a real one, he was great. Um, yeah, I only have one posthumous nominee here for Treat. So I have Lewis R.D.J. Finn Bennett from True Detective. Nice. Joe Curie from Fargo. Your nice. fave. I have Joe Curie. Yeah. Okay. From True Detective and yeah. Hugh. Two true, true detectives. I have two true detectives. Um, this so episode five dropping early this week on Friday to avoid the Super Bowl. Big episode. Okay. And also a great needle drop at the end. Um th it, this is a banger from 1998. So okay. right up my alley. <laughs> uh and then we got another here, another Emmy's question. Geez, Louise. This one's from Megan. Hi, Joyce and Chris. Big fan. I've been banging the slow horses drum for a while. It feels like people finally started paying attention to the show this season. So it's nice to see you both predicting the series and some of the actors. Given the state of the drama categories, what do you think its chances are? Specifically, is this Gary Oldman's Emmy? 
I, I yes, a hundred percent think it is. Uh, I, I don't know who else would even I think could, it can be. Who else is going to win that category? I I don't. I mean, we need to see the nominees, but I, I'm yeah. actually hoping there's shows I don't know about that will pop. Yeah. That's what that's what you're really banking on for some of these categories. Yes, and that's also exciting, especially when it's not a show anyone wasn't like on anyone's radar really. So uh, the sun is like really shining through these. Curtains. It really is. It looks like uh yeah, spotlight there. That's fine. We're wrapping up here. We got one more. It was just a simple one from uh Caitlin who writes, "Hi Joyce and Chris, is it time for baseball yet?" Almost. Uh, almost. Pitchers and catchers report. I believe next week, Joyce. Are you gonna go to any spring training? I don't think I can. My I was actually literally talking about this with my father, who was like, I think he's gonna try to go maybe, and he was looking at like the first week of March. But I actually don't know if I could go based on like, let me see. It just you have too much stuff to do. The Oscars, yeah. I've, I've never stuff. gone to a spring training. I usually just go to Mets games during the season. So. Yeah, I obviously go to Mets games, but I would love to go to spring training. I just don't think the time would work out. Uh, psyched. I, met, uh, I was listening to a Mets podcast earlier talking about the team. I'm like, you know what? I think they're going to be pretty good. That's my hot take. I always just have zero expectations. So I think that's the best so uh no other emails if you want to email us email us at slugfests at goldderby.com we'll be back next week ideas choice with some predictions for BAFTA. bafta winners which are the weekend of the 17 18 right or president's day weekend can't wait uh so i'll talk to you then joyce have fun in uh sunny california I guess. it's gonna rain again i survived oh. a monsoon the past three days but it's gonna rain again tonight so this is, the sun is very brief <laughs> for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby